following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to She Talks Health. And this is your host, Sophie Shepard. We are here on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. And Voice America is actually the largest live internet radio network in the world. So I want to humbly welcome each of you to this incredible episode we have for you today. And I really want to thank you for listening because I know that time is scarce and content is abundant right now. So we just really value you taking time out of your day to learn more about how you can support your health. And today's topic is sleep. Sleep is essential for the foundation of health. So essential, in fact, that I actually include it as a core pillar in my signature six-month Shine Health program, which is my one-on-one program where I help women get their menstrual cycle and their hormones back on track. And the simple truth is, if you aren't sleeping, much good will be undone. From our immune system to our gut to our brain to our hormones, every system in the body works better when we sleep. And when we don't, there can be disastrous effects from increases in uh, heart disease to weight gain and, and so many more. And it's so funny because I, I work with a lot of women who you know, want to lose, lose weight as a side effect of our, of our work together. And I often find that they're eating a pretty good diet, but they aren't willing to manage their stress or they're not getting a good night's sleep. And the truth is you just simply cannot balance your hormones and lose weight if you aren't sleeping well. And what I find so fascinating about this topic is that as human beings, we know all of this. We know that sleep is essential and yet we either aren't prioritizing it or sleep is just elusive to us. So as a recovering theater night owl, (laughs) I still find sleep to be one of the things I need to practice. And just like anything else, it's a practice. So this episode is for all insomniacs, midnight warriors, ex-theater geeks, or, you know, the like. And we really want to talk about how you can get back to sleep if you're waking up between 2 and 4 a.m., which is super common, or if you're the type of person just laying awake at night trying to get your brain to shut off. You know, there's a reason for that, and there's action steps that you can take today to get a perfect night's rest. So in this episode, we have, I keep calling him the sleep guru himself, Devin Burke, who will be giving you the lowdown on how you can get those essential Z's. And Devin Burke actually helps CEOs, high achievers, and exhausted insomniacs get and stay asleep so they can wake up with more peace, power, and presence. He is an author, speaker, renowned sleep coach, and the founder of Sleep Science Academy, which helps people to stop suffering and start sleeping using a unique holistic approach based in science. He was named one of the top 25 health coaches in America and has studied innovative holistic coaching methods from some of the world's top health and human performance experts for over a decade. Devin, welcome to She Talks Health. I'm so excited to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, I feel like now more than ever, it's so important to be getting good sleep. And I let's just start there, right? Let's start with the, uh, the big thing that's on everyone's mind right now, which is COVID-19. How can we protect ourselves from it? And what, you know, what's going on each day seems to be, you know, the main focus for everyone. So I, I would just, if you're open to it, just tell us, um, you know, what your COVID-19 experience has been so far. And, and then maybe we can talk about why sleep is even more important now than ever. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, right now, most people are obviously concerned about more concerned than ever about their health. And sleep is, I believe, the foundation of health. And it's when our bodies and our minds restore. It's when our immune system repairs our body. And unfortunately, because of all the stress and anxiety that people are experiencing, because of changing work environments, because of losing their jobs, because of just worrying about family members, a lot more people are having challenges getting and staying asleep, which is kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, that's when our bodies heal. That's when our bodies recover. That's when our, our mind works out the emotional traumas of the day. Mm. And, you know, so stress and sleep, they're bi-directionally linked. So, which means simply that the more stress you experience, the lower quality of sleep you get. And the lower quality of sleep you get, the more stress you experience. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle and people get caught on it. And if they aren't able to get off of the, the cycle, they kind of can fall into what I call the insomniac paradox, which is where they become stressed and anxious about their sleep. And, oh, and that's, yeah. And that's what, you know, right now I'm trying to, I'm so happy to be on the show. This is <laughs> such a timely uh, episode, I think, to share this information because, you know, I'm trying to help people before they get into that paradox uh, where the more they try to sleep, the more elusive sleep is because sleep is something that happens naturally every night. It's not something we can force. It's not something we can control, but there are things that you can do to promote sleep. And I'm really excited to share what some of those things are with you in your audience today. Absolutely. I love what you said here. I think this is such a, a crucial part for me as a, co as a health coach as well as never trying to force anything onto somebody or have them force their way into it. Um, we just did some self-massage in our, we learned from a licensed massage therapist in my, in my Facebook group, how we can do self-massage because everyone's kind of mm. tight, right? Their shoulders up around the necks yeah. or maybe they're, like me, they're sleeping in a new bed because I'm, I got out of New York. And so, you know, the pillow's not necessarily working. And, and I said to them, you know, we really, Really want to just ease into this self-care practice, right? We don't want to force our way into anything because the, the brain is smarter than that. It knows, right, to, mm. to, uh, to, to say no to that. So we really want to just promote it peacefully. And I think that this connection between stress and sleep is so crucial. I mean, I have so many clients who are like, oh, I'm ruminating, I'm ruminating. So we're working through, you know, what I know about sleep, but I, I can't wait to hear more about, you know, what you're going to share with us. Um, I think maybe before we go into the exact tips, because we'll, we'll go into that for a while, I'd love to know maybe even before COVID-19, what are the what are the top reasons you see as a, as a sleep coach that people aren't sleeping? Is it is it this main thing? Is the stress connection, or what what are what are some of the things you're seeing? Yeah, so there's there's really the the first one 100% is stress, stress and anxiety. It's unmanaged stress and anxiety, mental, emotional, usually, and then the the second one is is poor sleep hygiene. So that means people mm. have bad practices around sleep. They don't. Uh, provide the proper opportunity to get sleep. They don't pro, you know, pro, prioritize what they should be doing to promote sleep. 
it's just one of those things that a lot of times people just don't really think about. Mm. And that's a huge one because, you know, and that, that, honestly, in my journey, that I woke up, I was like, wow, like I had no idea all the amazing things that happened during the night. I thought it was just kind of like, oh, sleep. You just just happens, right? Like I never really thought about it. And then when I started to study it and understand, like really understand some of the science around it, and how, how it impacts our hormones and how it impacts our brains and how it impacts our immune system. And then I was like, wow. Uh, so I think a lot of people just don't understand how important it actually is. Mm. And when they start to understand how important it is, then hopefully they start to prioritize it. So the second thing real, again, it's, it's the sleep hygiene, which is your habits, your, rit- your rituals, your routines around sleep. And, and the, the third thing really, I think for people is, is really, it's, again, it's, it's, I think it's, it's more about prioritizing. So again, it's, it, people just don't prioritize it. They, they mm-hmm. just think mm-hmm. that it's something that isn't important. Um, and that's, it's, it is, I mean, it's, it's one of the most, I think it's the best gift you could give yourself every day is to do things to promote your sleep. Do things to relax your mind and body so that you can get to sleep. And, and that means practices, habits, rituals, routines. That means, you know, managing your stress throughout the day. That means, you know, it means a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that takes intention. It takes attention. And yeah. it takes a willingness to put in practice some new habits and ways of being because, you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught into that Netflix binge and, and just be like, ah, you know, I'm just going to, you know, continue to watch whatever. And we all have been there, right? I'm guilty of it too. And uh, it does take discipline. And that, you know, that's a big, a big thing I think a lot of people struggle with is, you know, they have sleep procrastination and they have poor discipline when it comes to sleep. So, yes. those are, yeah, those are some things. I want to pull out a couple things in here because I, I think it's important to get behind the psychology of why people don't prioritize this. You know, and I think it goes back to the unconscious mind needing to be in control in a in a way because because we this this is what we know as health coaches, right? You can give people all the reasons in the world to do something, but they have to be tied to it emotionally. They have to choose this uh, emotionally, and I think that that is actually why telling people why it's so important to sleep, what this, how this actually affects their life can be so, so crucial, right? Especially, I mean, we'll, we'll take right now as an example. So, you know, most people are, or I shouldn't say, I shouldn't generalize, but I know a lot of people are having trouble sleeping. Yeah. And a lot of them, like you said, they're, they're not doing a lot of good sleep hygiene. And the reason they're not doing a lot of good sleep hygiene, I would imagine, is because they aren't prioritizing it. Why aren't they prioritizing it well just from my sa- my sample uh, of clients that i've heard from they're afraid they like when they get into bed they that, that's when they start to ruminate they don't create any space in their day to give back to themselves to have mm. kind of that time where they can process the day's events and what's really interesting is that now that we have constant media and and alerts coming in and we're in this situation that's all highlighted. It's all amplified. Mm. Before, maybe it was easier to just kind of push and barrel past that. Now it's not. And now we're seeing the effects of not getting good sleep. You know, I'm seeing it a lot with clients who are coming in, new clients are coming in and having issues with their menstrual cycle, or they're having issues with headaches, or they're having issues with weight gain and things like that. And so, you know, when we can apply it to the actual person, 
You know, I think that's really, really crucial. I wonder if you could share a little bit more about kind of what are some of the results when you don't sleep? Um, yeah, I mean, so you touched on it in the beginning uh, in your intro of the show here. One of the biggest ones is, is weight gain or, or the inability to lose weight. Uh, that's a huge one. So many people focus so much on diet and exercise and they totally forget about sleep and stress. And I kind of put sleep and stress together as brother and sister. And, you know, you could be doing all the right things. You could be eating the right diet. You could be moving your body enough. But if you're not getting sleep and if you're not really understanding and practicing what I call stress mastery techniques, your body's going to hold on to weight. So, it's, I mean, that's, that's a huge one. Uh, weight loss, immune system, you know, every night, cytokines, these little proteins, they, they're, they're what boost our immune system. That's when, that's when all the magic happens. That's mm -hmm. when, you know, our glymphatic system, which is, it's like, you can think of the glymphatic system as the lymph system for the brain. Our brain actually shrinks and this like cerebral spinal fluid washes over our brain and removes the plaque that builds up and causes Alzheimer's. I mean, like, this is the stuff that's happening when we sleep. And a lot of times we're just, again, most people are not like myself. I was ignorant to it. I had no idea that all this was happening during the night. It's like, it's, it's amazing. And, and not only that, in different stages of sleep, different hormones are released in balance. You know, you know, estrogen, testosterone, all of these important human growth hormone in delta sleep, which is deep sleep. You know, all of these incredible things happen when we give ourselves the opportunity, not just to get enough sleep, but to get quality sleep. Because there's, there's a difference between getting sleep and getting quality sleep. And we can, we can riff on that a little bit, but you know, it, the, also for the, the, the emotional body, you know, that again, this is when we're dreaming, when we're in REM, rapid eye movement, when we're, we are working out the emotional traumas that we didn't maybe know how to deal with during the day, that we didn't understand what was actually even there because it was subconscious. I mean, it's incredible. And, and, and not only from, from like cleaning up the emotional stuff, but also coming and connecting with creative, innovative ideas. And in my TEDx talk, I talked about this. Some of the most amazing inventions have happened during the night, during sleep. Paul McCartney, the song Yesterday, during, he thought of that while he was dreaming. Dimitri Mendeleev, you know, all these um, periodic table, all these incredible things happen. And it can happen when you give yourself the opportunity not only to get enough sleep, but to, again, increase the quality of your sleep. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You are an encyclopedia about sleep. I love it. And one thing that I just wanted to pull out that I think this audience probably can resonate with because it's mostly women is this allowing yourself to get this good quality sleep yeah. that, you know, that's when, when you're resting guys, when you're in that state of resting, even during the day, if you're in that parasympathetic rest and digest place, that's when creativity comes about. That's when you're able to deeply connect. That's when you're able to assimilate new information into the body. And, and what I see so often, especially as, uh, as someone who's based in New York is this chronic go, 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 mm. go. And what this COVID-19 situation has done for so many people is it's, it's brought it to a screeching halt. And so it's, it's been an interesting time to look and reflect and maybe prioritize sleep. So 
Yeah. So maybe, maybe we should talk a little bit about the quality part. I know we all, I also really want to talk about uh, sleep hygiene and why that's so important. So I'll leave it to you to kind of riff on, on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I love what you said about giving yourself permission because that is, that's a lot of people, they don't give themselves permission. I mean, that's really what it starts with. It starts with allowing yourself to care enough about yourself, be compassionate to yourself, to give yourself the gift of, of sleep, right? And that starts with giving yourself permission and that starts with making it some new decisions uh, around, around sleep. And when we talk about quality of sleep, you know, I, I always like to give the example, some people uh, that I speak to, they're like, oh, you know, I can have a cup of coffee after dinner and, and go to sleep fine. But I always tell them, well, if, you, if we put you in a sleep lab or if we put you even on some of these devices, these trackers, you would not be getting into deep quality sleep, delta sleep, REM sleep. And you may be sleeping eight hours, but your body isn't getting dropping into these deeper states of sleep, which is where a lot of magic happens, which is where some of the things that we already spoke about, you know, really take place. So it's, it's not just the getting the hours of sleep. It's also focusing on, well, how can I put in place practices that will allow me to get into these deeper stages. Now, how do you measure quality of sleep? Now, this is really important. You can't manage what you don't measure. And I'm a huge believer in data, taking data, and then making meaning around the data. So tracking your sleep, I think, is one of the most important things that everyone should do. And if you're an, ins- if you- if you're an insomniac, let me just say this, tracking your sleep might not be the best thing to do unless you have somebody to guide you on the information. Because you get information and then what-, what happens is we make meaning around that information. If we don't know what to do with the information, it actually can create more stress and anxiety. But I, I believe that everybody should track their sleep. I think that's like, if you're going to track something, most people track their calories, some people you know, track their steps. I'm a huge believer that everyone should track your sleep because that's how you can tell, okay, I did X, Y, and Z and wow, look, I got, I got an hour and a half of deep sleep or I did, you know, A, B, and C and wow, look, I got, you know, two hours of REM sleep. And, you know, so it's like you can, you can actually now measure and these fitness trackers, the one that I personally recommend and use in my own practice is called the Aura Ring. It's very accurate. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. You can actually see the different stages of sleep, how much time you're, you spent in each stage, your sleep latency, which is how fast you fall asleep, your sleep efficiency, which is how much, uh, time, how much time you're in bed actually sleeping. And all of, these, all of this data can, can give you, it can empower you to continue to put in practice some of these things until you start to feel it. Because this is a, this is a really interesting thing. Most people are operating at maybe 60% of their energy capacity. And they don't even know. They think, oh, I feel pretty good. I have pretty good energy. But if they were to put in practice some of these sleep hygiene techniques and optimize their environment and do some of the things that we're going to talk about on the, sh- on the show today, you know, they're, they're going to experience a whole new level of energy. And you don't know until you have the experience. So that's where it gets a little tricky because most people think that they feel good or they think that low energy is, is normal. It's not normal. It's, it's, you know, they think that waking up feeling groggy and unrested is normal. It's not normal. It might be the norm. It's not normal. So, so this is where it becomes a little bit challenging because a lot of this stuff becomes our set point. And when, again, when you put in place good sleep hygiene, when you're mindful of 
the practices around sleep and you're, you're taking care of yourself, that's when you open up and you start to experience these new levels of thinking, these the new levels of energy, creativity, and all this amazing things can happen for you. So it's um, hopefully that gives the listeners some motivation to, to dive into what we're going to be talking about as far as yeah. strategies go. Yes, I love that. I love that so much because you're right. I mean, we most clients when they come to me, they they try to justify where they're at, and I I can really resonate with that. When I was really sick with Hashimoto's, I mean, talk about an energy zap. That's a mm. you know autoimmunity of the thyroid. So you're sleeping, but you're you're not regenerating. And I for a long time just justified it. I thought, well yeah, everyone's tired, right? Everyone's tired. And I always say, now I relate it to more PMS or menstrual cycle issues. Just because something's common does not mean that it's it's okay, that it's normal, right? Yeah. Just because society has decided we need to sleep less and work more, does, that doesn't mean that's actually what's healthy for us. And when we allow ourselves to get that sleep, then we are capable of incredible things. I mean, imagine what it would be like, you guys, if, if you were getting that extra 40% energy capacity, what could you create in that yeah. time? I mean, that's amazing. So uh, I think we're, we're, let's start in on sleep hygiene and we might get broken yeah. up by the, the break halfway through, but can you talk about what it is? And, and maybe also, I mean, I don't know if other people relate to this, but because of what I do, I, we talk about it a lot and I think people can start to roll their eyes a little bit like, oh, he's going to tell me to you know, turn my, my screen off and I can't do that and la, 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 la. So yeah. let's talk about what it is and maybe some tips and then how do we work around the resentment towards it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good place to start. So you can think sleep hygiene is simply your habits, rituals, and routines around sleep. So what you do throughout the day, and I always tell people a great night's sleep happens as soon as you wake up. So what you do throughout the entire day is going to impact your ability to get peaceful sleep at night. So some of the things, I mean, I, I look at things from a holistic perspective. So, and I know Sophie, you do the same. So looking at the mind, the body, your environment, all of these are impacting the level of sleep that you're gonna be able, and quality of sleep that you're gonna be able to get. So the first, first off, let's just start with what I call a bed buffer. So this is, if there's, a, if there's only one thing that you do from, from now on, from, there's only one thing you get from this. Let it be this. Have a buffer between your day and the time that you get into bed. Because people think that, you know, you can't, our minds are not like light switches. You don't just turn the mind off. There needs to be space between your day and your night. And because of Netflix, because of, you know, just we have constant entertainment, especially right now, it's even more difficult and I, I feel for people, but there needs to be a transition. There needs to be a buffer because that is going to allow your, your mind and your body to begin to unwind, to begin to prepare for sleep. So that could look like, you know, I'll, I'll just share mine. So what this looks like for me is I, sh I, I write down the things that I accomplished in the day. I check them off. I look at, okay, what, what's on tomorrow's schedule? And then I close my day out. And then what I do is either I'll go for a walk or I will take a hot shower or go for a walk and then take a hot shower. And then I, you know, read, I do some stretching. I do some things that relax my body and mind. And, and then I put away the screen and this is hard. And I'm, I, and I'll be very honest. Some nights 
I don't. And I have these blue light blocking glasses that I'm actually wearing right now on the show here. Uh, and there's things you can do to get around this, but ideally it's you don't touch your screens for at least an hour. Um, you know, whether that be your phone, your iPad, your computer, you just allow yourself to disconnect from technology. And it's hard to do. Uh, and we can talk about really some strategies. Hard. Yeah, um, let, let's, we have about five minutes till the break. Um, let's just sum up where we are and then, and then we'll go into that. So I love this. This is exactly what I tell my clients as well. You have to create a buffer, right? Our brains just don't work this way, you guys. And, and a lot is coming in. I, I think we forget mm-hmm. how much we're, we're processing. I mean, I can't remember the statistics, but it's like we have millions of unconscious thoughts throughout the day. So I, I love this, and the blue the blue light blocking glasses are are really helpful. Although I'll I'll be honest, and I wonder if you have a solution. I have regular glasses, so I'm always like, what do I do if I if I have regular glasses? Do you have a solution? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. So there's there's an app. There's two apps that I recommend. There, one is called Flux. It's completely free, and the other one is called Iris. Iris is a little bit more, uh, I would say, comprehensive, and okay. I think it's like maybe five bucks. But essentially what it does is it filters out the blue light um, on your computer. Now, if you're watching your your phone, um, there's a thing that you can do is you can actually set your phone to, I believe Apple now does have some sort of blue light um, diminishing sort of nighttime screen uh, apparatus that you can turn on. Yes, but there's I another, think so. you can actually, you can turn your phone. So I'll kind of just, your, your audience is listening, but for those that are going to watch this, you can actually hit this, you can make it completely with no color. Um, now, there's still light coming out of that, but at least that helps with the stimulation because mm-hmm. it's not just the light, it's also the stimulation that you're getting. Um, mm. from it, Yeah, so a lot of people think, oh, it's just the blue light. And yes, that blunts melatonin production, which melatonin is a sleep hormone, which promotes the onset of sleep. But it's also the stimulation. That's, it's not just the blue light, it's, it's the stimulation. So even if you're checking social media and you're seeing you know, all your friends doing things and you're like thinking, oh, I wish I was there doing that or, or I, I should, and you start to shit on yourself because you see these amazing lives that people are living and, you know, so it creates stimulation or you're watching a TV show and, you know, it's violent or it's whatever it is. It's, it's uh, Ozarks stim- right now. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. So, yeah. So it's, uh. it's, it's stimulating the mind and, and we don't want to stimulate the mind, uh, at, towards the night, we want the mind to start to come, the mind to start to um, have space. We want space in the mind. We want we want calmness. We want relaxation. We don't want stimulation. We don't want hyper arousal. So you know, hyper arousal. Okay, during the day when you're jamming and you're getting things done, and you know you have the energy and juice, great. But at night, last thing we want is hyper arousal at night. And you know, we cortisol. You know, most people, cortisol should be highest in the morning. And for people that don't prioritize sleep, they don't get enough sleep, their hormones unoptimized. What happens is they get a cortisol spike at night and it could be from between, you know, 1 and 4 p.m. in the morning, right? I mean, in, in a.m. So it's like you, you have to put in place these good practices to then calm the body, which would then allow it to do what it's naturally designed to do, um, which is get in a state of relaxation, rest and digest, right? The parasympathetic. 
I love that. Yes, absolutely. And I'll just sum that up to you um, for, for folks before we had to break. So the way that your hormones are supposed to work that Devin's uh, highlighting here is that when you wake up, your cortisol is actually uh, going to be highest. It's actually part of what wakes you up. And that is your stress hormone. And not necessarily in a bad way, but it's something that we unfortunately are constantly under the stress. We have a lot of stimuli, stimuli that can turn on that stress, right? So we do not want cortisol, our stress hormone, to be pumping through our, our um, veins when we are trying to go to sleep. Because as Devin said, melatonin should be the thing that takes over, right? So if you're looking at a graph, uh, cortisol would be highest and then it w- in the morning and then it would kind of go downhill towards the evening and then melatonin would take over and that's actually going to help you sleep. It's also an antioxidant. People forget that. So, you know, melatonin is hugely, hugely important. And when you look at it on, say, like a Dutch test, which is a dried urine test that I use in on every single client that I, comes in my door, you can see just how screwed up cortisol is throughout the day. People are creating plenty of it, but they're they're creating it at the wrong times or they're, it's completely suppressing melatonin. So we'll, we'll end on that. Devin, thank you so much. And we'll be back in just a few moments. And we're going to talk about some tactics that you guys can use to get to sleep. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to she talks health if you have a question or comment about the show send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com that's sophie at she-nyc.com now back to she talks health welcome back everyone this is your host sophie shepherd and we're on the she talks health radio show and we have Devin Burke here, who is a genius when it comes to getting good sleep. He is a certified sleep science coach and a TEDx international speaker. And he actually has something called the Sleep Science Academy that we're going to talk about at the end of the episode. And he is just shedding so much light on why people aren't getting good sleep 
how we can prioritize it and what we can actually do if we feel like sleep is elusive. So we've talked a lot about how uh, sleep hygiene is important, but we're going to dive into it a little bit deeper because we really talked about the blue light and giving yourself a good buffer before you go to bed so that you can transition from the day that you've had into the beautiful night sleep that you're going to have. And we've talked about some workarounds for, for blue light exposure, which keeps us up at night. But Devin, what else can people do and, and what, what is good sleep hygiene? I mean, I know it's a pretty heavy uh, subject. There's yeah. a lot you can do there. So break it down for us. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, Devin and I were just talking in the break, uh, don't feel overwhelmed, right? I know it's a little bit easier said than done. But if you're just starting out on the sleep journey, just know that these are not things that you have to do all at once. You know, this is why Devin and I work with people over months and months of time to implement lifestyle changes and just know that any progress forward, even the intention of progress forward is, is a huge leaps and bounds to the right direction. So as Devin goes through these things, if, don't, don't hate on yourself. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. there's always a good place to start and you can just start with one thing at a time. I, I love okay. that you bring that up, Sophie. That's so, it's so important. I, I call it sleep transformations. And a transformation, think of it like a butterfly. It's, it can be painful, it can be uncomfortable, but it, you know, and it takes time. And so again, yeah, some of the, the things that we're, we're recommending here, it's, it's it, you know, don't, you don't have to try it all tonight, um, but, but definitely try it. And, and what resonates with you, just, just put into place, you know, tonight, just take one or two things and, and, and see how it affects, affects your, your, your sleep. So some of the other things around sleep hygiene, this is a big one. Uh, it's, it's actually your, your bed environment. And so it, you know, obviously you want it dark, right? So this is a big one, especially for people that are living in the city. So having blackout shades, or if you don't want to invest in blackout shades, you can always use an eye mask, um, you know, having it quiet. So again, if you live in the city, you can use like a, try a white noise machine or, or use white noise, like a, have a fan blowing or something like that. Uh, and this is the really important one. It's temperature. You want your bedroom to be cold. And it's, for most people, they're surprised. Like, well, how cold? Between 65 and 68 degrees has been the optimal temperature for our bodies to get into deeper stages of sleep. And I've done, I, I did a study for my preparing for my TEDx talk with 20 high performers. And one of the things that really affected quality of sleep was was this, was turning the temperature down. And there are a lot of cool tools available that you can, you can purchase if you don't want to, you know, ramp up your AC bill because you're dropping your temperature so cold in the summer. You know, they make something called a chili pad. It's this pad that you lay on. And this is an amazing tool for premenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal women uh, because that, the, you know, getting hot flashes and the body temperature starts to change. So this is a, essentially it's a mat that cools your body down. You can set the temperature to drop and actually you can even set a timer so that it turns on different temperatures throughout the night. And it's, it's amazing. Um, there's another one called the bed jet, which is also clients have, have raved about. And this is kind of like a, uh, sort of like a fan that goes underneath your, your sheets and it blows cold, cool air into into the sheet. Um, so, or you could just, you know, without purchasing anything, just drop the temperature down. Um, and another way of doing this is, you know, the reason why I take a hot shower at night is because taking a hot shower or a hot bath or a warm bath 
actually will drop your temperature down. And our bodies need to drop between two to three degrees Fahrenheit to induce the onset of sleep. So taking a hot shower or a hot bath, when you get out, your body's actually releasing that heat and your body temperature actually drops and it makes you, you know, induces sleep, sleepiness. Um, so, so that's a big one. I'm, I'm huge on environments. I think, you know, your, your bedroom, if there's any place in your home that you invest money in, it should be your bedroom. Now, hear me out. You spend the most time in your bedroom. We sleep one third of our lives. Have a comfortable mattress. Invest in a good mattress. Keep your room clean. Make it dark. Make it cool. Make it a sanctuary. You know, put some plants in there. Make it like that's your your place you go in to, to just have peace. You know, and a lot of people have TVs, which is like the opposite of what you want in your bedroom. Um, you know, so there's 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 a lot there. <laughs> yeah, let's just take a pause. Wow. So I have never heard of the chili pad is what you said. The chili pad was the first yeah, one pad, and the yep. bed jet. But that sounds incredible. And ladies, uh, listen to what he said. You know, perimenopausal, menopausal women having hot flashes, right? This is a great tool for you. And if you are also having hot flashes and you are not going through menopause, obviously you need to give me a ring so we can run your hormones because <laughs> this was definitely my experience. I had had um, pre-menopausal, uh, perimenopausal uh, hormone ranges because everything kind of tanked because of stress. So know that if you're having hot flashes and you're in your 20s and 30s, that that is actually a sign that hormonally things could be off and you want to get that checked out. And, and in the meantime, what a great <laughs> invention for you to have. And if you are a, a cycling female, know that your temperature will naturally shift if you are kind of health, I'll say healthily cycling. So that, that meaning that the first half of your cycle prior to ovulation, your, your estrogen is the highest um, concentration of hormone that's going on in your body. And that's going to be cooler. Whereas if you switch into the second half, progesterone is going to take over and that's going to, that's going to actually increase your, your body temperature. So, you know, use that when you think about this how you how your sleep changes throughout the cycle interestingly enough though if you have adequate progesterone you know it's, it is actually going to help you sleep better so if you are in the second half of your cycle and you're still not sleeping and you've tried all of Devin's tips which are going to keep going on that's when you really want to check that out and see if you're even creating enough progesterone to help you with that sleep and if you're in the in the first part of your cycle and estrogen's high and I always find that this is something I have to work harder to get good quality sleep when it's the first couple of weeks of my cycle because estrogen is just like, <laughs> I just seem to need less sleep, which is actually true. Um, and it's harder to get sleep. So this is when I really lean deeply into some of the tips that, that Devin's going through. And, and some of these are brand new for me too, like the bed jet. So, okay. So what else can we, what else can we try? Yeah. So another, another big one is, is meal timing. So this is huge. And again, we're talking quality of sleep. So a lot of people can say, oh, I, you know, I can eat a meal and go to sleep. And I'm, you know, I need to, I actually need to eat a meal to be able to sleep. Right. <laughs> blood so sugar hear, issues, blood sugar issues. Right, right. <laughs> alert, alert, alert. <laughs> um, so, and to be honest, it's so, you know, you want to, you want at least three to four hours between the time that you're falling asleep and your last meal. And the reason for that is, again, we talked about in the beginning of the show, during the night, our bodies do a lot of things. Not like you're just laying there, nothing's happening. Lots going on. And so when we eat too close to bedtime, all the blood gets 
pushed into our digestive system to try to digest the food. And so it's diverting the energy that would normally be used to repair and recover the damaged cells and to do all the things, the amazing things that happen during the night. It's diverting that energy to digest. And I've personally experienced this and, and tested this on a lot of people. And it's 100%. If you want to increase quality of sleep, you create a bigger buffer between your bedtime and your mealtime. So having your last meal earlier in the day and having a little bit of carbohydrate in that meal, healthy carbohydrate like sweet potato or, or you know some some broccoli or some you know some veggies, some good veggies, will be supportive of a higher quality sleep. And eating too close to bedtime is is really going to diminish specifically deep sleep or delta sleep, which happens in the first quarter of the night. And that's important because delta sleep is when growth hormone, which is really important. I mean, it's that's like we want more growth hormone, right? We want that super balanced. Um, that's when that gets released. And so there's like this window of money sleep hours between you know 10 p.m. and 1 p.m. Let's just say, and that's when the first quarter of the night. That's when we get into the deeper, the deepest stages of sleep, and that's what also gets disturbed when we eat too close to, to bedtime. Wow. Yes. I am so glad you mentioned having some healthy carbohydrates with dinner. I found this as well to be super, super helpful for my clients, especially if you are a woman who thinks that cutting carbs is going to uh, support your weight loss or something like that, uh, which, you know, it, the, the, the issue with that is that we do need some healthy carbohydrates and they come from plants. So, <laughs> you know, sweet potatoes, broccoli, those, those things can really help balance out our blood sugar alongside some healthy protein and, and other fibers. And, and, and we need healthy fat in there as well, guys. That's what, you know, healthy proteins, healthy fats, they create hormones. And then we've got the balance with carbohydrates, which also provide our body with sufficient energy and with just nutrients. Cause most carbohydrates are going to come from a fibrous material like sweet potato or, or broccoli. And I find that when my clients have that healthy carb balance at night, that's when they really get good sleep. So I love that you included that. Yeah. And you can, I mean, again, like some of the stuff I, I really want to encourage people to, to get a sleep tracking device, whether it's an iPhone, a Fitbit. I mean, the Aura Ring is, I think, the golden standard for tracking sleep. Um, but you can actually, you can see this. Like, this is the kind of cool things, if you get curious enough, you can actually experiment and say, hey, let me try eating at, I don't know, uh, 9 p.m. And, and see how that impacts my sleep. And then see how eating earlier, how that impacts your sleep. And then most importantly, see how it impacts the quality of your energy and your mental clarity and focus the next day. Because at the end of the day, it's not about sleep is just about l being able to live more, right? That's what it's about. It's not about you shouldn't, you know, live to sleep. We're, we're, we're sleeping to live, to, to get more energy. And so the whole, the whole premise around doing some of these practices is, is energy because energy is the foundation of, every, of everything. If you don't have energy, you're not going to show up for your husband, wife, your kids, your community, your mission, your church whatever. It's all about optimizing your energy to experience more life. And that's what happens when we, when you put in place these, some of these practices that, that we're talking about. Wow. Yes. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> all of these, all of these sleep, sleep, you know, nutrition, 
stress management. This is about experiencing more life. It's about choosing life. It's about loving yourself enough to choose that life. That's it. I mean, that's that's in a nutshell. I I think that's beautiful. We're obviously on the exact same wavelength. Okay, so we've <laughs> so we've covered reducing blue light. We've covered dropping the temperature. We've talked about meal time. I know that there's many, many other ones. You want to list maybe one or two other ones, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, some of, of the things that you offer in your Sleep Science Academy, because I want people to understand that resource that they have. Yeah. So I, w- I would say the one, one more thing is, I think it's important to share right now specifically is, is really around the mind. A lot of people have a racing mind. And I get this question all the time, Devin, how do I shut my mind off at night? And we kind of touched on it a little bit before about how the mind is not like a light switch. Actually, your mind doesn't ever shut off. Even when you're sleeping, it's sometimes even more active during the night than during the day. Um, so creating some mindfulness practices, implementing some mindfulness. I'm a huge believer in mindfulness and meditation and starting to train your body and train your mind to become aware of the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that you have during the day actually really can be transformational for being able to then shift into the parasympathetic rest and digest at night. Just bring the awareness of I'm not my thoughts and starting to feel your emotions can actually start to train your mind when it gets into what I call a mind rev, where you're thinking like one thing, next thing, next thing. And it's like, before you know it, your cortisol is releasing, adrenaline's releasing. You're like, ah, you know, if you can start during the day, just to start to be mindful of what's causing these triggers. And right now I can, I can tell you without a doubt what's causing these triggers are, are, is constantly attached to the news, you know, check the news maybe in the morning and then try not to check it too close to bedtime. You know, and don't be constantly taking in information that is going to stimulate a racing mind. And, you know, one of the most dangerous things that you could be thinking, especially close to bedtime is the what if game. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, so be mindful of just the thought of when you start to go into the, well, what if this and what if that? Because that just leads to nowhere, nowhere positive, to be honest. Absolutely. I'm glad we're bringing it back to mindset. So to, to add on to what Devin said, stress comes from either ruminating on the past or are fearing the future really Mm -hmm. you know and because we're not present and the quickest way to get into that fear place right now is by watching the news and it's funny i you know everyone's reacting differently some people want to have oversaturation of the news i find it i mean last night i actually got a little cross because it was just constantly kind of on and what i was realizing was here here we were my dad and my boyfriend and i were all on our phones kind of looking at different things and it was 9 30 at night and mm. the news was on and i'm like oh let's just turn this off and he's like well they're, they're saying good information i'm like they don't really know like let's like they don't know really know what's happening in our brain right now like let's turn it off because i don't need to be overstimulated right before i go to bed yeah and I think that that's right on. I mean, we obviously need to be tuned in to what's happening with this with this virus because it affects how we go about our day to to an extent and and you know what's going on with our families and all of that stuff, of course. And we don't want to we don't want to simplify that or or 
not make that important for folks. Of course, stay stay in touch with what's going on. And in order for you to fully show up in your life right now and, and protect yourself, you also need to create a buffer around news. It, it's just, I believe that. Yeah, and, I agree. And, and whatever that means for you, however that's manifesting and showing up in your life. But I think Devin and I are both seeing just this uptake and lack of sleep um, because of it. So, and that's what we're talking about today. So I, I would agree with you, keeping it short at night or doing it in the morning can be really helpful. And then if you must watch it at night, we can <laughs> drop into some mindfulness and some meditation. You know, there's so many resources out there for that. I use Headspace. I don't know what else you use. Um, yeah, Headspace is a great one. I, I definitely recommend Headspace. I think they have a great uh, beginner's program. The one I personally use is actually called Waking Up. It's by okay. uh, Sam Harris, who's an amazing philosopher and very well studied. And the guy's he has an amazing program. I think that one's more a little bit more for I don't want to say an advanced meditator, but it's just a different style. Um, and there's a lot of different styles of mindfulness and meditation. And I, I always encourage people, just like there's a lot of different types of exercise, a lot of different types of diet, uh, you should try different types and see what resonates with you personally. Because maybe transcendental meditation, a mantra-based meditation doesn't do it for you, but maybe, you know, Vipassana practice might, or maybe just using a, an app like Headspace or has these little fun cartoons and kind of like this easy way of learning how to calm and create the space in your, in your mind body, maybe that works for you. So it's like, you know, be open. I think it's really important to be open and to remain open and to remain curious about what's possible and, and to really commit to trying things on because that's at the end of the day, that's the only way we know if something is benefiting us is if we, if we try it on. Absolutely. And I'll just add too for anyone who is feeling overwhelmed by the idea of meditating. I am not a good meditator either. You know, I don't say that I'm advanced in it in any way. But if you are looking for that kind of support, I actually created the She Community, which is a free Facebook group for women who are looking for support, looking for mindfulness, looking for wellness right now. And I am bringing in different experts to teach us different ways of meditating. And I'm doing some meditation as well in that group just to give people a moment to create that buffer. Oftentimes we do it in the evening so that folks can kind of transition from from their day into their evening. And it's been really, really helpful. We have a lot of women who are teachers uh, that are in there and it's really stressful right now for them. So they're, mm-hmm. they're finding this to be really, really useful. If you want to be part of that, you can uh, just email me, sophie at she-nyc.com or find me on Facebook. I'm Sophie Shepard Quist there and I'm happy to add you in if that's something that you're looking for. And okay, wow, we have covered a lot. Is there anything that we that we missed that you that we need to talk about? Uh, we talked about stress. We talked about food. We talked about uh, temperature. We talked about blue screens. Um, I love talking about the hot shower and bath. I've heard that before too. I didn't realize that that actually helped you drop your temperature. You know why we need sleep. Is there anything else? That things, trends that you're seeing that need to be addressed on on our call today? Yeah, I think I think just the the big one is just you know kind of bringing a full full picture is realizing that you know sleep is is an essential part of of health. It's foundation of health, and that by prioritizing it and putting in place practices, you're going to be able to again show up with more energy, more presence, more power for the people that you care about. So at the end of the day, it's really just continuing to I think connect with the reality that 
without sleep, we're not able to show up as our best selves and let that be the motivation to put in place some new habits, some new rituals, some new routines, try some new things on and maybe start a meditation practice or start a, you know, bedtime ritual, a new one, spice it up, change it up. Uh, we didn't talk about sex and sleep. That's always a fun one, but we can save that for another conversation. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Yeah, I know that it can it can help sleep, but you know some people wake them up. So I'd love to have that conversation another time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a fun one. We'll we'll save that for our, our next our next conversation, Sophie. Absolutely. So with our last few few moments, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the Sleep Science Academy. And for anyone who feels like they might need the support, uh, there is a link in the the in the notes of this uh, uh, of this episode, so you can click that and check it out. But Devin, tell us what this is, this academy. Yeah. So Sleep Science Academy, essentially, it's it's a resource for people that are curious about sleep. Specifically, it's a resource for insomniacs, people that have insomnia, chronic insomnia, acute insomnia, transient insomnia. People, anyone that's curious about sleep or anyone that's suffering from, from sleep challenges, it's a resource. So you can go to sleepscienceacademy.com. We ha- I have free guides. I have free webinars. I have actually just created a really cool um, sleep supplement guide where you can literally see each of the peer-reviewed supplements and which supplements, herbal and non-herbal, uh, support different stages of sleep and are used for different things. So it's a resource. And obviously I have, I offer programs, coaching programs uh, for people that want the extra support. And I always tell people, you know, our motto is stop suffering, start sleeping. Because I mm-hmm. believe that when you're not sleeping, you're suffering. And, um, and so we, it's a holistic, you know, all the content is, it's based in science, but it's a holistic approach. So it's not just you know, looking at one aspect of, of health or sleep. It's really trying to bring everything together. And what I, what I specialize in is helping people find the imbalances in mind-body to help them be able to sleep. Um, and so, you know, I'd love to, to have everyone that's listening to this check out the resources and you can always find me on social media, uh, Devin Burke Wellness uh, or Sleep Science Academy. I have a couple pages there. Um, so, so, yeah, reach out. Wow, wonderful. It's so great that they have this as a resource. And we we didn't even talk about supplements, but I I love that this is out there. I can't wait to check out the peer-reviewed supplement guide that you put together really quick for for listeners who might be curious. I have found personally that GABA has been incredibly helpful when I'm ruminating. I have found L-theanine during the day to be really supportive and at night. and melatonin for me doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> it just makes me feel super, super groggy. Uh, are there any other ones that you can just? Yeah. I mean, we get to have a whole conversation around this just, <laughs> just alone. There's a lot out there. I mean, lemon balm is, is a great one. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Eastern herbs, herbs, like I can't even pronounce some of these herbs. Um, but, you know, the big ones like, you know, melatonin, GABA, L-theanine, these, these are a combination of, you know, sometimes hops sometimes passion flower, kava kava. There's a, there's a ton of them. And yeah. on the resource guide, you'll kind of see, uh, you know, what they do, where they come from. And a lot of times what's cool about these uh, sleep supplements is they're synergistic. So they, they support each other. Um, you know, using valerian root with hops, for instance, or something like that actually is creates a more uh, sedative effect. Um, but everyone's different. And so it's, it really depends. I think supplementation um, has to be personal. And it has to come from a really quality source because, you know, 
just melatonin alone, they, they've done tests on melatonin and there is no consistency with the dosing, even within the same companies that produce melatonin. So it's like ranged from like, I think like 400 times more than what was on the label to like, I don't even know how hundred times less. So with supplements, it can be a bit challenging. I'm not a huge fan of melatonin because it's a hormone and it could disrupt our own natural production of melatonin, but a little bit uh, can be beneficial, a little bit being like 0.3 to 0.5 milligrams uh, for onset. Um, but yeah, there's, that's, that's a whole nother can of yeah, worms. That's a whole so go, go to the resource and, and, go, go and check, check that out. out. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much, Devin, for coming on the show today and go check out his resources. Click the link in the notes here and you can get all of that and you can have his support even deeper here. Devin, it's just been such a pleasure having this conversation and I hope you have a great week. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It was really fun. And uh, I hope that this served your, your audience and helps people sleep better uh, starting tonight. Me too. This is Sophie Shepard, host of She Talks Health, signing off, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.